Hey there, Girl Getters. My name is Carolee Moore. And I'm Melanie Rice, and you are listening to the Be More Mindful podcast. Now, are you an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur? Then you are in the right place because here we help you shift your mindset so you can transform your business. Today, we will be talking about mindset and manifestation. Yeah, that's that's actually a really accurate way of saying that. <laughs> because either you think that this is like the best thing in the world or you think it's like some like juju, you yeah. know. It's a little woo-woo. Right. Um, <laughs> and so this conversation is is not taking a stand on either side. I think we just are coming from a curious place. And I think we have the best person uh, to help guide us through this conversation. Do we not? We do, which doesn't show up on paper, which is probably my favorite part about it. So in studio with us is Scott Tennant. He is a known philanthropist, CEO and founder of Synergy Wellness Group. And he's really brought his dedication to bring holistic wellness to heal the masses through that work. Um, But on a personal note, he's also someone I know as a professional manifester. And he's also the founder of Live to Give Charity. So I've seen him in action. And it's something that doesn't show up on paper. Thank you so much for joining us, Scott. Welcome. I cannot wait for Carolee to kick this off. (laughs) Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Um, By the way, guys, per usual, we have had off... um, I think it's not camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, offline, <laughs> offline conversations, conversations yeah. to start off, and so we're very, very excited about this conversation. Uh, and Scott, in general, I think you're a whole vibe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <so>. Accurate. <laughs> yes. So the first, the first question, which I think is a an appropriate question to start with, is your definition of manifestation. What does manifestation actually mean for you? If you have to put like a Merriam-Webster definition. You know, I think manifestation has shown up to be a gift from God, not really being religious, but being more spiritual, is if you look at God as being gratitude, Mm. then I, you know, I think if you live in gratitude, you have the attitude that you can have almost anything that you want. Mm -hmm. So manifestation is almost like an answer to a prayer in a good way, because, Mm. you know, I feel like manifestation is always something that's giving. Or moving things forward. So like an answer to a prayer. Wow. She wasn't expecting it. No. Well. <laughs> no, you weren't. I wasn't. And I, I actually really, I really love your definition because, um, and Mel knows this, I'm, I'm uber Christian mm-hmm. <laughs> and unashamedly so. And manifestation to me, kind of the masses, the way that it's been presented is very much like you are God. You are the power that is making things happen. And as a Christian who believes in a creator, yes. I just don't, I don't believe that human beings have that power, right? Yes. There is something that is, is placed within us from our creator that allows for that to, to, to happen. So I love that even as you are not religious and you're coming from a spiritual place, that you talk about it being an answer to a prayer. That's really powerful. Um, and thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I, I have a little story, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Yeah. We love stories. Uh, so I was at a spiritual retreat. And, um, you know, one of the things I noticed, and they sort of mentioned it, was that religion is a doing mm-hmm. and spirituality is a being. Mm. So I think if we break things about when typically we say, well, I'm a Christian, people think that's a doing. No, no, yeah, no. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes, very much so. Yeah. 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 So I see people as there's the people that are being Mm. and the people that are doing. Very, very, very key difference. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) A thousand percent. 
I think to help break this down a little bit, when you get mm-hmm. to the being and the doing, there's the doing where they say, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Are you sitting on a pew? Mm-hmm. And are you doing the actions? Mm-hmm. That's a doing. Mm-hmm. That's not a being. Right. So a lot of those people, I notice that they're exactly opposite of what you think would be spiritual or Christian the minute they walk out the door. A thousand percent. Yeah. A, a thousand million percent. Yes. So understanding <laughs> the answer to a prayer is different between a being person and a doing person. I'd agree. So, you know, a doing person is going to say, I want a new Ferrari. Mm. God, give me a new Ferrari to make me happy. <laughs> you know, a being person is going to say, if I had enough money to buy a Ferrari, mm-hmm. or if I had a Ferrari to help me accelerate because it's a gift, then I have enough money to help. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit different because it's a different take because you can have things as a gift. God didn't say we had to be poor. Did not. So when you look at you can have lots, which gives you more to give with. Mm-hmm. But it's a shift because a lot of people that are doing, they're mm-hmm. stuck saying, well, if God shuts the door, he'll open a window. And I've told people in the past, I said, did you check to see if the door was unlocked? <laughs> that is phenomenal. <laughs> that is phenomenal. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. No. They don't. And then they mm. say, but the door is shut. Mm. And my pastor says, and I said, wait, <laughs> who is he? He's a human. Mm-hmm. You see, when you break it down, it's like, who are you listening to and taking Mm -hmm. your information from? God says, basically, I will give it to you all. You Mm -hmm. are an exceptional being that he gave us choice. So you're going to make me say amen in this. I know. (laughs) I I know we're not in church. I preach. I preach. I I grew up in the South. I preach. So, you know, when you look at and say, well, did you try the door? They say, but. He's going to open a window. I said, check and see if the window's locked. I said, you have ultimate choice. 100%. He's not going to pick you up and throw you out the window unless it's a tornado. Yeah. We <laughs> we talked about um, kind of before we had this conversation, for me, the understanding that you still have the responsibility of faith. Yes. That is your responsibility. Absolutely. And faith is not easy. It's, it's, it's not, not easy. the act of asking for the Ferrari. No. It goes way beyond that. And it is absolutely a spiritual thing. It's very spiritual. So I I love, again, we're coming from different places, but very much understanding that what is happening when we're talking about manifestation, whether you want to call it that or not, because I don't necessarily live my life in manifestation, but I live my life in faith. Yes. Yes. And so understanding that God, whether you believe it to be kind of just a a being spiritual, whatever, or for me, it's still the idea that you are in faith walking and understanding positively that he desires good things for you. Absolutely. That he wants your life to be in abundance. That does not mean a Ferrari. No. Abundance, and we'll talk more in that, what that really means can be so different for everyone. And so I love I love that you started that way because I this conversation now is is super exciting to me to kind of dig deeper. So I don't know if you had any comments or questions, Mel. Yeah, and thank you for the distinction, Scott, because it's yeah. so trippy to me that you said the difference between being and doing because that mm-hmm. was literally a conversation I had with someone else like a week ago. Like she didn't know about it, you didn't know about it, but it uh-huh. was it because it, it was my we had a whole conversation about church, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what, I'd rather walk the walk. And it's really hard to do that. It's like, I don't need to show up in a building every Sunday to do that. 
I appreciate that that's a part of an important practice for a lot of people. It's like, but that's not my practice. And part of that is because that building is often full of people who are yes. like, okay, I did my job. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, you you don't just go to the gym once. You know, it's a it should be an everyday integrated thing. Yes. And I'd rather go out and just be a really good person and try on, like, make the effort to be the things I'm reading about, not Absolutely. just, like, do the acts. Mm. And that and that uh, that has fed even professionally into doing false metrics. Yes. So that's mm. why it's so important to me. And that's why I wanted to bring up manifesting, because I feel like there's a lot of false metrics that are fed to entrepreneurs. Mm. And they don't oh, understand yeah. why it doesn't work. And my goodness, it will just rip at their soul. Because they're exhausted and they're like, why isn't it mm-hmm. working? I'm doing all the things. And that's why I'm Caroline. striving, and I, right? But well, and that's how, how Caroline and I connected was we realized like, oh, gosh, you know, they're missing the mark just a little bit. There's an important distinction that has to be made that, you know, people will go an inch in the wrong direction and they end up so far away from their goals. And manifesting is one of those like, can you, it doesn't sound like it's quantifiable, but I believe that it is. And it, on a smaller scale. Like, this is why I had wanted to bring it up. Something Carolee and I talk about, the words we use yes. mm-hmm. often create our future. And we're mm-hmm. talking about simple things like she'll say, hey, we're looking for this person. We need this resources. We want, And magically, <laughs> it unquote. shows up. Yeah, yeah, quote, unquote, it shows up. And so I thought, you know what? There's a real significance mm-hmm. to what we say. You know, what we think becomes what we say, becomes what we strive for and make effort towards. And it's what is designed right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see that connection and understand the power that you're holding, no matter where you believe that power comes from, it's there. It is there. And if you understand how to be in that and the connection between all those little steps, I think you can end up closer to where you want it to be. Yeah. Or to Carolee's point, let things fall apart. They need to. Mm-hmm. and have fall together un- yeah yeah so they can fall together yes. <laughs> we had that that conversation too yes um so to your to, to that end mm-hmm. i did i wanted to ask scott what's your earliest memory of manifesting i'm glad you asked that question um, yeah. um it, it really is sort of the basis of uh and uh you know hindsight's twenty twenty. so you start mm-hmm. looking back and you start mm-hmm. finding things so mm-hmm. um i was 14 my dad had passed away. I had a trust account, a car, a driver's license in Texas because you could. Uh, wow. Back then, if you lived in a very small town, uh, you could get it a year early from an extreme case. Uh, a checking account, a trust account, and a credit card and a car and knew how to use them. Wow. Mm. Okay. My mom had moved to Houston, and I decided to stay in my small class of where there was 30 in my class. Because the high school I would have gone to was Klein High School in Houston, Texas, which is a high school that Beyonce went to. Mm-hmm. 5,000 people in the school. Oh, wow. A bit much. Very different. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I'd seen life mm-hmm. in big cities and then gone back to my small town in big cities, mm-hmm. I knew it was possible and I knew what it was like. I just chose not to do that yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Finish out the school. So I would finish out my school year, lived with my aunt. So on Friday at 3 o'clock, I'd get in the car and I'd drive four and a half hours to Houston. And so I'd try to find something to do. Um, I learned how to sing. I learned how to do other things. I'd listen to radio on the right, radio on the left, you know, different uh, points of view. Just trying to find something to do as interactive possible. Well, somebody had given me a Tony Robbins tape, one out of 12. Mm. And I listened to that once or twice. So this was like over a six-month period, back and forth. On Sunday, I'd drive back home, mm-hmm. leave at 7, get home about 11 o'clock, go back to school the next day. So I'm driving along one day, and I hear audibly conceive, believe, receive. Hmm. And I thought, that's awesome. I probably should remember that. And I kept driving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
I heard it again audibly. I thought my cousin was in the back seat, so I looked in the back. He's not there. I thought that's really important. I probably should remember that. I keep repeating it to myself. I hear it again loud in my ear. I said, pull over the car. You probably need to know this. Write it down. I wrote it down, put it in the glove box. The next 25 years, that piece of paper showed up in all kinds of strange places because I'd put it somewhere and I'd take it and say, I need to put that over here where I'll remember where it is. <laughs> where was it? I don't know. It'd show back up in some weird place. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not the place that I you thought left it. to put it. Yeah. So <clears throat> I had the opportunity to meet uh, Tony Robbins. And um, the day after I met him, uh, long story short, I pulled out the drawer of my desk and it was really messy. I pulled the uh, partitions out and something fell on the ground. And it was that piece of paper. So now backtrack one day when I met him, he said, uh, are you ready to heal the world? I said, yes. He said, you need a primary question in your life that you say every day that supplants anyone that you ever had in the past, which is usually who the hell do you think you are, <laughs> which is what most people bring from their childhood mm -hmm. into their early adult childhood. That one needs to go away and kill dead. You need to have a new one and it needs to be today because we launched today of your life changing. Mm. He said, mine is, how can I help? I always get an answer. Mm. He said, so when you think about it, just text me on my phone and let me know. I said, I already know what mine is. He said, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> he said, because I've talked to you long enough to know. What is it? I said, who am I supposed to meet today and what miracles can happen? Mm. And I said, and Tony, I too always get an answer. Well, little did I know that my life would change in four years and that I would meet thousands of people, uh, with him and in different groups that I go to that as it increased. But what I noticed is one day I was sitting there and we were listening to some gurus at one of the spiritual conferences I went to. And I thought, conceive, believe, receive. I know why I was given that. Because I started to live that mm. about that time. Because even though my dad had died, my mom had moved to Houston and then she got married to what became my, my dad, my stepdad, Dr. Jerry Tennant. Well, everything had been a gift. I'd been prepared because my dad knew he was going to die. Mm. He had juvenile diabetes, should have died at 13, he died at 31. Best Christmas, best Easter, best holiday, best birthday, best day in general. Because today could be the last day. Mm. And then I was given the gift, I think, by God for that, which very quietly, as it does, was a teaching ring. How can you not hear that and find something spiritual? Mm. <clears throat> so when I realized I was sitting in that thing and I said, this is very important because here's what happens when you really relax into that you have all these tools that we've been given, spiritual, uh, educational, friendships, connections, all those things are like a tool belt. So it's like a security tool belt. Bring it. I got all this stuff that I can use. So I looked at it and I said, conceive. If you can literally think of an idea, mm -hmm. believe, if you can actually believe it, where everybody wins and nobody gets hurt, mm -hmm. then you will receive it. That's actually the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. It's in Scripture where it talks about not only saying it, but yeah. believing it, and that, you know, God hears that, Jesus hears that, yeah. uh, and it will answer your prayer. Now, it's not poss possibly look the way that no. you thought it was going to no. look. No, exactly. <laughs> Never, does. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Never does. Never yeah. does. Yeah. But, yes, a thousand percent. Um, again, that's why I think this, this, this conversation is really important because no matter where you fall on the, the belief spectrum, yes. right. Um, if you are a practicing Christian, meaning yes. religion, yes. right. Is a part of that, or you are a spiritual person, 
or you don't believe in anything being out there. There's no creator. There's no nothing, which is sad. Yes. <laughs> but at, at the end of it, I think we can all recognize just how important your mindset in that entire process is. What, you have to start somewhere. Yes. Yes. When uh, I was on a, um, a Zoom call during uh, COVID, and there were people from all over the world, and it was called, uh, uh, I think it was Beautiful Moments. It was by my friend. And uh, she um, asked a question. She got to a day. So it was a couple, one day a week for like six weeks. So she got to one, and it was called Spirituality. Mm. So her question was to each individual, what is God to you, one word? Mm. So she got to me, and I said, love. And she mm. said, love. Okay, why? I said, well, you're either love or you're not. Mm. You're either of God or you're not. Mm. <clears throat> so she said, well, that's awesome. So she went to the next guy and she asked, what does God mean to you? He said, I'm atheist. I grew up in Germany. Everybody in my town is atheist. All of us are atheists. Some horrible things happened here. Mm. And how can there be good in all the horror? Mm. And she was the leader. And she said, Scott, you want to take this one? <laughs> I was like, well, thank you, Gina. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. So I just stopped for a minute. So I went in to conceive, believe, and receive. And mm. I said, do you believe there's good in the universe? He said, I do. I do. I said, name some things. He's like, my kids, my wife, um, you know, the, the flowers in spring. I said, that's awesome. I said, so you do not believe and have not taught your kids anything about God? He said, absolutely zero. I said, so you agree that good is in the world? He said, yes. I said, could God actually in your life have an extra O? He said, I can believe that. I said, start there. Hmm. About two weeks later, he said, we've become more spiritual just in that one word. <laughs> because it doesn't have to be a doctrine. He told me that. It has to be a feeling. And I always knew they were good and all the hate and horror. Mm. He said, most people in this town are generally happy because never let what happened in Germany happen again here. Mm. So good, in his word, was really his word for God. Mm. Ironically, that was my answer for the one word when you think of God. Good. It was good. Wow. As you asked that, that was the word that popped into my head. You know, what's so difficult about that, I think, is is the labeling of it, right? Mm -hmm. And and when you say something good, I have to bring this up because this is something, um, I don't think we always know what's good. Um, I, I often find myself reserving judgment. Someone will ask me, how was your day? And sometimes I'm like, I'm not ready to label that yet. It might be the end of the day. But sometimes I sense that things have happened that don't have a place yet. And that can really trip people up especially when they want something to happen, when we're, when we're mm -hmm. trying to make something happen and we believe in it, we'll get married to the idea of how it's supposed to look. Mm -hmm. To your point, Caroline, like, you know, and so we will fight to keep something from happening. Mm -hmm. um, we misread it. We want something, but we won't get the signal from God like, hey, kiddo, you got to shift over here just a mm -hmm. little bit in order to get there or let this thing die because I'm leading you through it. You know, staying, staying tuned in because we are judging it as something good or bad. It did or didn't happen. It failed and it succeeded. Those are very damning words. And when they say you shouldn't judge, I wholeheartedly believe it's that too. Try not to judge the journey. It's like walking mm -hmm. out on a movie 
because the protagonist is in the bad spot. It's like, that's the middle of the movie. Yeah. You let it, let that person go through it because it makes it more meaningful, but you don't know meaning in the middle of it happening. And that's that to me, that keeping your head on straight, recognizing I'm in the middle of a ride. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't label this as good or bad. Maybe I don't know yet. Yeah. I think that so for me as a believer, right? And there's for the longest time I stopped calling myself a Christian and said Christ follower and Christ disciple because it's a whole long story, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> words matter. Uh, words do matter. And I, for me, it's, it is not about the building in the church and all the accoutrements that's like connected mm. to that in the titles. I've had the title preacher and going after going through ordination, going toward reverend and going into a master's program thinking I'm going to go into PhD to get the doctor. Wow. It's, it's all of the, the things that had to be stripped. The, the dying, as we talked about, when I think of good and God, it took me a minute to fully understand to understand what that means. Mm. It's not tied to my experience. It's not tied to my feeling. It's not tied to that moment. Because even in the middle of my dad getting sick and passing away, even in the middle of me struggling financially at parts of my life, in the middle of me doing really well financially at parts of my life, and all of that, God still remained good. It is not about my feelings towards God in that moment. It doesn't change who he is. And it took me a really long time to get there. Mm. Because it's really hard for you to say, even again, as a disciple of Christ, like, yes, God is good. God is great right now. And I have no idea I'm going to pay my rent. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It is not the thing you want to manifest. Right. It is it is recognizing, God, you are good, and I trust that even in this moment where I don't understand, you've got me. And then a $700 check just shows up from yep. Nissan for something they were supposed to pay three years before that, and the rent gets paid. I, did, I don't see that as manifest, manifestation, but it goes back to, again, my perspective of faith. And walking in faith, again, it's a danger, it's a really scary and dangerous thing to do. And it's I would imagine it's the same as manifesting because you can't see it. Mm-hmm. And you are telling your brain, hey, goodness, hey, positive, hey, this thing can and will. But you have no physical proof at all. Yeah. So when I when I think of God's goodness, I'm not necessarily thinking of a circumstance. Mm-hmm. It is beyond and outside of me or a human experience. It goes back to what Scott said. You know, mm-hmm. when Scott, when you talked about the being. Mm-hmm. That, yes. That versus, really is. And Carolee, yeah. you said it too. Our responsibility faces a responsibility. Yes. It's We have to walk in it. Yep. He is unchanging. Yes. And things are already due to happen to you. You don't know what they are. You can't always appreciate them. You're not meant to appreciate all of it. Exactly. And I just think it's, it, to me, the, 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 what catches me in my mind, it's still odd to me. I, I, I recognize maybe I don't have to understand it fully, but it's weird that I have to make an effort <laughs> and believe, but also sit back and let things fall mm-hmm. where they are. I'm like, well, it's a dance. It's almost a daily dance for me to say, I'm going to show up with my plans and my intentions and my effort 
and then let go. And it, it happens however it happens. Like it's either going to fail, succeed. It's going to yeah. fall into the black and white categories we all have. Yes. And I also always have in the back of my head, it's like, well, it's going to paint a picture I can't see yet. And mm -hmm. I might see parts of it today. That might be my gift. And I might not see it ever. And I might see it later. Mm -hmm. And I had, I wanted to ask you this to that point, Scott, I wanted to ask you about a time when you were actively wanting something, you had a desire in your heart, you were working on, let's say, manifesting it, you're going for a goal, and you made that effort in good faith, and it failed. Let's use a black and white label for the sake of context. It failed. Will you walk us through that experience? Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. So, you know, that pivotal, pivotal time when I, you know, got the, um, you know, I call it my mantra, conceive, believe, receive, um, Something shifted where I automatically knew that everything in my life was being prepared. And there was some pretty mm. sucky stuff. I mean, my dad going to die <laughs> and knowing it, that's like it's mm. hanging over like, you know, and I remember my dad, mm -hmm. his last day alive. He said, this was the best day ever. Good night. And he had had the best day ever because he had done everything he wanted that day. That was a day he took for him. And we were wow. all included. Wow. And it was the best day ever. So then when I look back and say like that is it changed my mindset where I used to be um, very pessimistic. Mm -hmm. I would see patterns and things that were wrong and say them. Yep. If they would only do this, I was eight or 10 or 12. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'd go, if they'd only do this, this would be much better. Mm -hmm. My parents would say, someday you'll be able to run your own business or your own life. So you just notice those things. They're their own people. But I would notice it, but it came off in a negative way. Mm -hmm. So then when things started to flip about that time, because here we were, uh, my mom's living in, in Houston. I'm driving back and forth. I'm going, what is this? This isn't normal for a 14-year-old. Mm. I'm really functioning as an adult, right. renting in a room for my aunt, basically. Right. And, you know, with all of her love and just the way it was like, you know, we're 10 years apart. She's like my sister, mom, aunt, you know, Aww. all that. So it's very <laughs> special. It. Um but so I started thinking of every good thing and every bad thing as a gift. Mm. See, that's another shift in the manifestation world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the Lord's prayer is give us this day our daily bread. And when he says this is the perfect prayer, everybody wins, mm -hmm. us, daily bread, everybody wins, nobody gets hurt, and you expect it to happen. Mm -hmm. So that's part of belief. You actually believe mm -hmm. it. So if you look back at the words and you say, that is absolutely, I believe, you will provide, I will not starve mm -hmm. today. Amen. Right? Yep. So when you look at that piece and then you say, so something failed. Mm. Awesome. Now we have the chance to deal with what we have and what we've learned and what we can do, which actually almost opens the door that God just closed. Because it was not all for naught. Absolutely. You have it's a terrible muscle. syntax, but it's fine. Yes, you have a muscle. <laughs> That you have now worked that you did not have before, mm. which prepared you for your future. Oh, listen, that is a whole <laughs> sermon again. I'm going back. Sorry. I told you I I'm grew up in the South. I'm sorry. You can say amen. I get it. <laughs> no, because it's we can all see in our lives after the fact, because, of course, when you're going through it, you're not that enlightened. You're just pissed off. But but after you're after you're kind of past a certain part, you're looking back like, Wow. All of those things prepared me for this moment. All of those. And we were, I was just talking to, um, we have a marketing intern on our team. And, you know, she's in her 20s trying to figure out what it is that she wants to do. She's done so many different things. 
And I just, I see myself in her. And I, I wanted to point it out to her. Hey, Shit. yeah, there is no, your life right now. I know everyone is like, what is going on with you? Why, why does it feel like you're floundering? Mm-hmm. You have no idea what you want to do with your life. And you're in your like, what's going on? And I've had those conversations. I've had people in my own family voice concern. I'm concerned for you. What is going on? It feels like you're not moving in your life. And what I know to be true now, it's been 15 years. Every single thing, whether I coined them as a failure or they were something that, you know, societal checkpoint. Oh, you have your master's. Oh, you got a second. Okay. Every single thing that has been done has led me to this point of, hey, I can actually live this life and own all of my stuff and help someone else get freed from their stuff. Yes. And if that was the only thing that I'm, I was able to get from going through the years of depression and like crazy anxiety and seemingly never ending, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm okay with that because... I understand now not everyone is going to be comfortable sharing those moments. Yeah. And God has given me yes. that, hey, open your mouth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let it be known. It's okay not to be okay. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And I'm, that's not a failure. And especially her in her 20s because what kills me, I love that you have a totally opposite story, Carly, because mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, I floundered and I did it. And I had, you know, my family was like, wow, you don't have your stuff together. I did everything right. I had my stuff so effing together and it imploded (laughs) at 35. So I'm not going to praise you at 27 if your life looks so pretty from the outside. And I sure Mm -hmm. as heck am not going to criticize you if you're out there. If you're showing up just living, Mm -hmm. that's the only thing I really ask from people. Just show up and live to the best of your abilities. Mm -hmm. Go and break your capacity and break your own glass ceilings in your mind, in your body. Go for it. Because we all, if you woke up, to your point, Scott, hey, you failed. Good job. You get a lesson Mm -hmm. and probably, by God's will, another day to go for it. That's, that's And that's the best thing you can hope for in the, the whole thing. world. It's just another chance. So thank you, God, I woke up. I got another chance. Let me just go for it. Absolutely. Even if I'm tired, yes. heartbroken, I will, I will be fed. Yes. And I will mm-hmm. continue. Yes. So my primary question, I have now changed it. Oh, okay. Mm. So after four years, somebody came up to me, one of the trainers at, at Date with Destiny with Tony Robbins. She came up and she said, I think it's time for a change. Mm. Okay. I said, okay. And, you know, with a big question mark in front of that <laughs> and behind it. And she said, uh, why do you have to meet people to make a miracle happen? Mm. Oh. And she said, I'd like an answer by tomorrow morning. I said, it's 3 a.m. She said, see you at 7. <laughs> <laughs> and that was true. And so I went home and it was one of the days I'd had one glass of water and a piece of pizza. I was very dehydrated. Got to the room. By the time I got to the room, it was like 3.45. I thought time's ticking. Mm. And I thought I probably won't live past this. I'm completely exhausted. I woke up the next morning, surprised I was alive, actually. Walked into the bathroom, looked at the mirror, and I thought, how can I make more miracles happen? Mm. And I knew exactly then that I was such an introvert mm. because I would had turned from being the one that talked bad about everything, basically what people said, you talk bad about everything, not mm-hmm. finding the patterns and the problems mm-hmm. that can be fixed. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people did not see. Mm-hmm. So then I became quiet. But after I found conceive, believe, receive, I started to become a viewer of life. Mm. 
as I started to pull back out when Tony said, you know, are you ready to go change the world? That was a, that was the first time somebody of extreme power that I really knew nothing about. I just knew he was important. He was a star. He, you know, coached a lot of people. He actually saw me and heard me without me saying a word. Mm. Well, I said a couple of words that he liked, but <laughs> I was speaking his language and didn't know because I didn't know his language. Yeah. But it changed everything because then I became a speaker about what was happening and how to, mm. you know, start to move things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's different. Um, gosh, where was I going with that? Um, Your primary question had, you know, yes, ultimately oh, it changed, changed. Yes. So I changed it to how can I make things happen? Because when I first came up with it, I know what it is. Mm-hmm. Who am I supposed to meet today to make mm-hmm. miracles happen? It was a way of getting me out into oh, the world because if I have to come find you, then I can't be here at my house being a viewer. Mm-hmm. So when he, they took me into the first arena and said, Tony wants you to sit here. And I said, how many people are here? They said like 19,000. <laughs> I was like, I'm one dude and Tony wants me to sit right here. Nobody else in this room had that said mm-hmm. to them. And I looked around and I thought, this is incredible. And I thought, I need to meet somebody. Because that's my thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm here, 19,000 people. He said, let's go change the world. Why does he have me here? Mm-hmm. Because again, there's always a blessing. What am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Check the door, see if it's unlocked. Mm-hmm. So I turned to the lady next to her and she looked at me and she said, I'm AJ. Immediately, the minute I turned to her, she said, I'm from Dallas. I said, I'm from Dallas. It's like, wow, this is awesome. Because then all of a sudden it was like, I met somebody. Yeah. But my question was in, and I looked at her and I said, why did we meet? And she said, uh, I don't know. That's an interesting question. <laughs> and I said, well, actually, that's my primary question. She said, you've done Tony's work before. I said, I have not. <laughs> but it got me out of the door, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the odd thing is she said, will you do me a favor? Tell me something about you that will totally blow my mind. I said, um, I own Joe Vitale's car. And she said, what? So Joe Vitale helped write The Secret and start in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, quantum physics. Mm-hmm. How far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? The brain knows nothing different or the soul knows nothing different than yes or no. Mm-hmm. So to say I have it is basically here, a prayer, basically mm-hmm. what we're talking about. And she said, are you kidding me? I said, no. She said, how? I said, well, they were building a car called the Fis- Fisker Karma. It's a cute name, right? She said, yes. And she had a big smile on her face. She sees what's coming. <laughs> and I said, so I manifested it because I watched it as he started off with chalk drawings all the way up to producing it. Went and drove the car. He said, it's $130,000. Would you like to drive it? I said, no, thank you. He said, actually, it's not 130. It's 150 because they're selling over. I said, you've lost your mind. But my <laughs> next car will be a black one with black seats. He said, you will never have a black one with black seats. They don't make them. That's fine. That'll still be my next car. So I leave. We go about our life. So we go to Boston, Massachusetts, and we're in Salem, actually, for Halloween, just kind of hanging out. (laughs) Sandy comes, kills Boston Harbor with floods. All of the 2012 karmas that were remaining were there and got destroyed 12 miles from where I sat. And I thought, my dream is over. Mm. I will not get this car. Mm. Six weeks later, I'm driving down. The Rolls-Royce dealership is open on a Sunday, which means you need to drive in. (laughs) <laughs> so I drove in and there's a black Fisker Karma sitting on the used car lot. And I walked over and I said, what are you doing here? You should be at my house. I literally <laughs> said that as a joke, but you see, nothing's a joke. The brain mm-hmm. only knows yes and no. And so I thought, look at the price tag. It said 49,000, 3,000 miles. It was six months old. 
So I called the dealer, said, when your gate's open and two, you mispriced a car. No, you didn't. It's out of uh, warranty. They don't make them anymore and they're mm. out of business. Mm. I bought it for $45,000, drove it for six <laughs> months. And here's where the magic comes. Um, the radio goes out. I call Sirius XM and I said, I'd like to give my credit card because obviously the one with the factory went away, the right. free trial. They said, so Mr. Vitale, what is your address? And I said, my name's not Vitale. They said, you're not Joe Vitale. I said, Austin, Texas. They said, so what's your address? I said, that is not me. And she said, so you own Joe Vitale's karma. Oh, my God. And that's what he teaches is manifesting. I said, yes, ma'am. I said, isn't that awesome? <laughs> yes. And she said, she said, hold on one second. So she gets her phone out. She starts texting. She said, so when can you go to lunch? <laughs> I said, I don't think we get a lunch at these things. You know, he goes for like 12 hours. She said, oh, sweetie, I'm not talking about today. Joe wants to know when you'd like to go to lunch. Oh, she knows him. <laughs> she said, my best friend is his girlfriend, and I'm on the phone with him. Oh, he wants to know when you can come. My to gosh. Yes. And um, I said, well, we'll have to kind of get through some things. I'm a little busy with this new little project. And so, um, yeah, so that, that was kind of crazy. So I was like, that's crazy. And she said, what does this car look like anyway? I said, it's not my kid, so I don't have a picture of it in my phone. <laughs> so let me go on the web, and I looked it up, Black Fisker Karma, and a picture came up. And I said, okay, so that's my car, but I don't know who that dude is. And she said, that's Joe. Oh, oh I gosh. said, what? And oh, so my gosh, it was your car. <laughs> and it had a bow on it, and it's him standing by the car. Oh, man. On the bottom, it says visit. I clicked the button. It went to the website, and it's the Website still came up and it said 2012 seminar by Joe Vitale, how to manifest an exotic car. <laughs> she took a screenshot. She texted it to him and he said, I'm going to need four hours of your time. <laughs> this goes way deeper than I thought because that is the car that I used in the seminar to teach people how to do to get the car that you bought. See, this is the kind of story I want to see when people are like, I got a Ferrari. I'm like, no. You didn't. You got a connection to a person who teaches the thing you've been living and practicing to connect with many, many others. Absolutely. And if that wasn't an answer, good job. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. It was another thing about this is a way bigger tool for a conversation to say your dreams are possible. It also, if you really look at what's going on, God will give you clues of the gifts that you've been receiving. Mm -hmm. But you have to open your eyes and look for them. Just like, did you check to see if the door was locked? Are you looking to see and be in gratitude of the gifts that you've been given? I So one of the questions that we have on here, and I think it's important for us to talk about um, yeah, this in the context, one. Yeah, the context of entrepreneurship, yeah. um, because I think we do get caught up in the manifestation of physical things. Things that, you know, we can drive and we can live in. Where? Um, yes. Right. Show? Yes. A boat, you know, yacht, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm less concerned about that stuff and wanting to understand your perspective on the process of becoming the person who can get to that place. Whether, again, mm. you're a Christian wanting to get into a deeper faith walk to be so yes. connected to God yes. that your desires become his desires for you. And it's this walking in super alignment mm. with his 
divine purpose for your life. And so therefore the things that you are asking for, not just through, I want a Lamborghini, but I want to go deeper in helping. And so these are the things that I'm asking for and believing for versus also the people who might not be Christian who are also wanting and desiring deeper impact in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. And wanting to kind of push that, but they might be in a super dark place right now. They might be in a place where they're constantly being fed messages through their families, through society, through their own brain, <laughs> telling them, you know, a particular story. I, I want to hear for you some tangible steps that people can take to start shifting their mindset. Again, no matter what yes. their faith traditions yes. might be. Yes. Yes. Um, that is for sure, I think, my... Just selfishly wanting to kind of hear yes. your perspective from yes. that. So, you know, I've met, you know, thousands of people of all different faiths all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think what I noticed was that every single person, even if they say I'm an atheist, mm-hmm. is that when you break it down, it's like, you know, you know, we talked about cultural earlier before we started the show, but um, – when you look at it, it doesn't matter whether you're black, white, green, or purple. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then you go back is, do you believe in good? You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like they may have an inherent belief in something good, mm-hmm. like the universe we were given life. Look how much a miracle is this. And they'll even say things like, mm-hmm. what a miracle. Mm-hmm. But you look at it and it's like, but they're not, maybe not in their internal vocabulary or their culture or their ways or even their belief system is around, you know, a dude in a white robe, mm-hmm. you know, that a lot of people that's, you know, kind of what you see from, mm-hmm. you know, Maya bringing is that's what you think is there's some dude floating in a cloud in the throne with you mm-hmm. know, big white robe. But then you look at it and you say, you know, when you meditate or pray or go somewhere, do you see a dude in a big white robe or do you just see mm-hmm. good and mm-hmm. beautiful and feel light and mm-hmm. present and love and that's the spiritual. So when you go back into this, so I'll break that by a lot of people. They say, I'm hopeless. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll look at them and I'll say, but let me just ask you one question. What does your soul want? Even if you're not, quote, Christian, what mm-hmm. we would all think of as a Christian, mm-hmm. which is just, you know, a, an archetype that we've created. Mm-hmm. Because the world is bought into what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Even if you're an atheist and say, what does your soul want? There's a deep yearning somewhere inside them that has a dream bigger than self Mm -hmm. as a human. So when you break it down to that, you break that you're saying, are you a Christian or are you religious, Mm -hmm. basically? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of people think spiritual is religious. And they go, well, I don't go to church, so no. Well, then they said no to spirituality. And you think, but are you spiritual? And they go, well, I meditate and I look at beautiful flowers and I, you know, Say beautiful things. Is that, well, okay, wink, wink. That's sort of in a spiritual way. That's just not your vocabulary. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't quite fit. But when you say, what does your soul want? Mm -hmm. A lot of people say that about, well, world peace and wonderful things. And I really want to be able to, and that's where the magic comes. You've got to let them let some air out. Mm -hmm. And then they say, if I could only help Mm. uh, the hungry or the homeless or, um, you know, children or... It starts to come out. Well, then you start asking more questions into that. Well, if your soul could have everything at once, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. They say, well, I wish I could see a company that would 
care for individuals and give a percentage. Okay, that's awesome. We can mm-hmm. talk to people about, um, you know, gifting programs and their things. So how would you turn that into a business, mm. which is conceive, believe, receive? You have to go back to if you're doing what your soul wants, mm. what you yearn for, mm. what your passion is for. That's really mm-hmm. the word. What your soul wants becomes passion. Mm. When you have your passion and your talent, mm. And you can find those two, but you have to get away from talking about something that's controversial. You call me bad because I'm not a Christian. What type are you? Mm-hmm. And they'll say that. What mm-hmm. type are you? Baptist, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, Catholic, doesn't matter what. They go back to the doing. or the, mm-hmm. And then it's not that. It's about, no, no, no. This is you and yourself. Dig deep. There is a passion in there. Even if you've never told anybody else or something, you just want to tell somebody, I will not judge you mm-hmm. because I've been judged. Just Mm -hmm. tell me. And they tell you, and it's the empathy that you have for them. Finally tell you and say, this is what I want. It's just this release of just, you know, like magical fairy dust almost. It just says, I just want, you know, and it's like, wow, but you feel it. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, that's who you are. And I heard a podcast uh, on, I think it was Mind Valley or something from RuPaul. And I was just watching a lot of people, but he said when they looked at him and he was unprepared one night Mm. and he showed up and he was a dude in a dress and not like a character of something. Mm -hmm. He got off the stage. His manager said, well, there you are. Mm. And he stopped and he said, wait a minute. I was exactly myself, a dude in a dress, singing great music that people loved. When people hear that, you see that's his brilliance. Mm -hmm. Then he had a voice. He could go teach in his way Mm -hmm. to his genre on what he wanted to say but only when he became what his soul wanted. So when you see that in somebody and you go, there you are. I love that. Yeah. And it's that one little piece he said, it was like, that was brilliant. When you hear that, you say, when you see that person, you as, you know, the coach or the person that's chosen to help them break that or find Mm -hmm. that in the manifestation, as you say, I'm going to go heavy on that without telling them and say, tell me more. Mm -hmm. Because it's the first time that person like Tony Robbins said, are you ready to change the world? And you can only yes. do that by showing up yes. as you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No judgment. And then it allows them for one time to say, yeah. if only I could do this. But everybody said, you can't do that. Sweetie. Yeah. It's like, why can you not do that? Mm-hmm. Because if you look at everything as a stepping stone, mm-hmm. then that leads you to. And so... I'll, I'll end that little story. I had a lady. She was at our uh, Live to Give opening. Her name's Miss Lee. She wrote a book uh, called Quantum Writing, and she called me a date with destiny, and she said, I know you're busy. Can you write a little one or two-line thing about manifesting? I said, yes. I said, it's going to take me a couple of days. I'm here at this course. I started to walk away. That same voice that I heard, conceivably received, said, no, now. Hmm. In this space... So I stopped and I wrote and I said something like, um, in a fairy tale, they tell you to leave breadcrumbs or cookie crumbs Mm. to find your way home. What if home is your destiny, which is your future that your soul wants? What if all of your dreams are breadcrumbs thrown into your future to lead you where you need to go? Mm. And God will help you see those breadcrumbs to lead you there. Hmm. I 
I think it's phenomenal, and I'm going to start here, that basically what you're saying is the first step is to really tap into and understand and accept who you are. Mm. Beyond all of whether you believe that manifestation is, Mm -hmm. you know, woo-woo or (laughs) the best thing ever, there is a piece of it that is 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 grounded in authenticity yeah. in becoming what your soul really wants absolutely and knowing that there is going to always be a tension there mm-hmm. until you find that absolutely i i think every entrepreneur starts out wanting to help yeah. wanting to solve some kind of problem and in trying to solve that problem, I'll speak for myself. You find you. And in the finding of you, then you start to realize there's just so much more in there. Mm. And then the deeper you get, the more you recognize, man, all of this. Like there was purpose there. And so those breadcrumbs to this thing, and it doesn't have to mean you're going to be on stage in front of 17,000 people controlling the crowd and be, and (laughs) like, like, this is why I wanted to kind of bring it down to the ground a bit. Because whether your ultimate purpose, your soul purpose S-O-U-L. Yes, yes. Purpose. <laughs> yes, I love that. Um, is to save someone else's life mm-hmm. by being open yeah. about your stuff. If your sole purpose is to give so much of yourself and be open to life in all of its versions so that you can free other people to find their own versions of that. Whether it is in recognizing the truth and the beauty in all people and, and bringing that out of everyone that you meet, Mel, <laughs> whether you know I knew that, that was or not, for me. <laughs> I just... Whatever that purpose is, like the, this episode, as much as we're talking about manifestation, I think at the core of what I've I've learned through your teaching is it really just starts with becoming so connected to your source, yes. to, yeah. to who you really, really are so level, because that's where all of this starts from. It's not about the Lamborghini. No. Yeah. So that's my two cents. I don't know, Mel, if you wanted to say anything before we close out as far as um, what you got from this. Yeah, because I'm always about the tactical. Like I want, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an action person. It's like, you know, and I can only stay in the woo-woo so long, you know, and I, <laughs> but I like things to be integrated. I like to go and play in different spaces and then sit back and say, okay, how do I gel it all together? Mm-hmm. And if I were to do that, even with this episode as someone who I don't know where your journey is, 
Um, and when people are like, find yourself, it's like, and the, everything's for you. Like, got to tell you, when I first heard that stuff, I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And I, I was always very frustrated with people like, find your purpose. Yeah. That's too big. Yeah. Um, but from a tactical level, I can hear it. When, it, when you talk about finding yourself, finding your purpose, mm. I'd say the tactical pieces get quiet mm. and do your damnedest to find that space mentally and physically because we're, you don't know when you're going to meet that person who says, oh, there you are. Mm. And I'd love it for any listener here that one day that person is you yeah. saying that to you, but you won't find it if you engage too often on a regular daily basis with others who throw noise at you Absolutely. and they don't mean it. It's not an no. ill intention. It's a Give yourself the gift of peace and quiet so you can start to hear and breathe, breathe some air into that yes. burning desire, because that's why mm. you have the inkling to start a business, why you started a business, right. why you're in the middle of a struggle. Give that fire some air yes. and listen and then let go. Yeah. yeah. Um, we could talk to you forever, Scott, um, yeah. seriously. But and I know people are going to immediately You've got a taste of him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's only a truly a Baskin Robbins spoonful people. So how do you want people to right. contact you through social media or yeah. through email? Let's do email. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, it's S-T-E-N-N-A-N-T at Synergy. But Synergy is spelled with an E. So it's S-E-N-E-R-G-Y. And yes, Synergy was based on Synergy East-West. Love All that. All the things together. That's the easiest way. Awesome. And you can find our agency online, cmcmarketing.co. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at that handle and LinkedIn because they're weird. It's CMC Marketing Co. And you can find me, Carolee Moore, at Carolee Moore because I'm boring. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> on all the grown folk social media platforms that includes Facebook, LinkedIn, and for the most part, Instagram. <laughs> uh, same for me, <laughs> the grown ones. I'm Melanie Rice on LinkedIn and Facebook and the real Melanie Rice on Instagram. Because, you're welcome. Because there's a, there's a fake one out you're there. Wel you're welcome. <laughs> yes. Um, and lastly, we want to invite you to continue this conversation with us over on Facebook. We have a growing and thriving Facebook group of amazing entrepreneurs that are trying to be more mindful, we'd love for you to come in there and add your two cents. You can find it at facebook.com slash be more mindful podcast grow getters. And as we always sign off and say, happy growing. <laughs>